Everybody. Shh. Hey, psst, psst. hello. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. You are all trying to poison me and Caitlin, and you owe us a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars. Do you please. think that worked? Did it work? It worked. Let's see if that money starts rolling in. You and I are manifesting. Because it seems like that's that's about all it took for the subject of this week's episode to get rich man i work smart not hard right adam oof <laughs> we are we are talking about larry ray who is the ringleader of the sarah lawrence college cult i know do these guys look like this i don't never understand see it you don't see it coming i don't get it like if they all looked like john ham i would understand it i'd be like oh it's because it looks like john ham but it's not they look like they are a regional manager of blockbusters or something all of them my pet theory here is that this guy is government related he says it and shows proof of it and there is an interview with jesse ventura that i saw once it was after he was in office but he was talking about when he got elected governor of minnesota and he talks about this meeting he had with the cia where they just like I guess it's just a standard thing. Like once you're elected, you get to talk to the CIA. And he was like, they look like your neighbors. They look like the person ringing up your groceries at the grocery store. They do not look like what they look like in movies. And no, I think at least in this guy's case, he just looks like he's CIA. Like, have you seen Syriana? Like George yeah. Clooney plays the guy that Syriana is about, but the I guy Syriana like, him up. The guy Syria, you could not uggo up George Clooney enough to accurately represent what Robert Bear, the guy Syriana is actually about, looks like. So if this guy did look like John Hamm, I still don't think it would explain like what he gets away with. You know what, Adam? It's just a fight in the dog, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's that's really what this is all about. You got to want it. Yeah. You got to want it. You you have to be on a quest for potential. And I think that is what this guy was on. That's the name of have his you... weird psychic energy program that he was selling these kids. We'll get to it. Ugh. Yeah, sure. Have you ever been recruited to join a cult? I was approached by two members of the family outside a Ruby Tuesdays in the Mall of America once. And by that point, I was already familiar with what the family was. And it's like, cool apocalypse comic book. Get away from me, <laughs> sex creeps. And it was just two girls. And they approached me. Uh, always. And, yeah. And this friend of mine that I was with, and me and him both were like, beat it, weirdos. Yeah, yeah it that's bad. Have you ever been approached by a cult, Caitlin? I mean, aside I, from the religion you grew up in. I am the queen of being approached to join cults and MLMs. That there tracks. is There's something about my energy that is like, I bet she would be <laughs> great. Well, you, you have an energy that makes it seem like you'd be good at sales. I think that could be part of it. Man, and that is my biggest MacGuffin 
in my energy. I, the, I, I could be, if I turned off the part of me that cared about people, like I, right. I can't. So anyway, I've had a couple, I can't remember all the names, but it's like five or six of my friends that have, you know, well, first of all, soul cycle aggressively mark marketed for soul cycle. Oh which yeah. I'm definitely that demographic. Like even just looking at me, I get it. <laughs> uh, there was this like human potential cult in Orange County that would have mm. meetings in uh, like hotel ballrooms and things like that. And I went to one. Oh boy. It was, I, I came close. It was close. It was close. But luckily I was dating Miles early on. He was like, that is a cult. I'm like, oh, right, 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 right. Okay, thank you. And then there was like a health food thing that I went to. And I was like, oh, this is also a cult. I keep getting invited to cults. <laughs> I don't remember the names, but like definitely cult shit. Like you always know you've been invited to a cult seminar when at some point somebody puts a chair in front of you and is like, what do you want? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like bad times that that's how, you know, that you're like, Oh, it's like, it's not a timeshare. It's a cult. That's what's happened to you. Yeah. I think one of the ways people probably get roped into cults is like, we're talking about Larry Ray today yeah. and he just used like mind control techniques on these kids essentially. But if you're talking about, let's say you're one of these kids and you were having some anxiety issues and he's like, well, look, I I can teach you how to knock that out right now. Like, I can show you some breathing techniques. Yeah. And it's going to work because, like, if you have training in that kind of stuff, like, yes, you can calm down your mind with breathing techniques. It doesn't make you a guru. It doesn't make you someone worthy of being followed. But in that moment, if he does it and it works, you're going to be like, oh, my God, no one else has been able to help me with any of this stuff. Well, like nobody can make money off of the fact that we are inherently programmable in, in a way that, well, hold on, let me rephrase that. You can get better. You don't need medication. I mean, you don't always need medication. You don't always need these things. You, there are, there are techniques. EMDR right now is finally something that normal people are getting access to. Right. It's literally your eyeballs moving around rewires your brain. Like, yeah. Help, helps you. It will help you. But there are large industries that would be crippled by things like this being, you know, widely spread. So when you meet somebody that has been trained in this, like CIA people, it feels like they are mystics. It yes. feels like they are wizards, but really it's just stuff your body can do. Your body is incredible. It right. is a wonderland, if you will. <laughs> what? Caitlin, yeah. you should write a song called that. Oh, what a stupid idea. It would make no money. I'm an um, idiot. Idiot. Stupid, stupid. That's why people think these, these individuals are whatever, you know, like it, it just, that's how it works. Yeah. You can just it, literally, you can actually keep people from remembering things. There, there's a lot. It's very scary. <laughs> it is. Yeah. There's a Scientology documentary called my Scientology documentary. I think it's called or either that or my Scientology movie. And did, it's did Carrie name that? Did they call so. Carrie? It's that sounds like I think Carrie would be like, I've got a great name for this. And like Scientology won't let them in any of their centers to film. So the guy who made the movie just has a bunch of former Scientologists like recreate 
the drills and the trainings that they have you I've go seen through. This. He's Australian, I think, or something like is that. Or New Zealand, Louis Thoreau, something like that. Because every time I see Justin Thoreau's name, I'm like, the he looks like one guy? of the guys from and like no, a brother not. from Flight of the Concords, yes. like an adjacent. Yes. Okay, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this documentary. Yeah. yeah, it's a good documentary, and I like it. The thing is, you watch some of those Scientology teachings, and it's like, oh yeah, well I get it. I could see incorporating that into my own life. And that's how they yeah. get you. That's how they get you because that early stuff works and it helps. And then they're like, but wait until you try this shit that you also have to give us $10,000 for. Yeah, it should be free. Right. All human potential will say technology. It should be free. Tax the church. <laughs> that's my whole thing. That's my only political stance these days is like. That's it? Right now, these days, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. It's clean cut. If 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 we tax the church, do you know how many bad guys would go down if we just got rid of these tax shelter opportunities? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woo! So, yeah, it's tempting to call this a sex cult, but I feel like that's getting a little redundant. All cults are sex cults. Even the cults where the guy is like, you can only have sex with me. That's, that's still a sex a, cult. still a sex cult. Or even if they're like, you can never have sex. Still a sex the, cult. The reason for that is because that is the way to psychologically break down a human being to their core. Like yeah. you, you moderate their food and you tell them when you fuck and that is it, that you've got a person, period. Yeah. There's That's it. It's uh, People are not that complicated. And But this is an especially weird version of the traditional cult idea because this isn't a guy going out into the community recruiting people one by one. This is a girl moving her cult leader dad into a home with a bunch of her friends. If it wasn't for all of the real people who are suffering a whole lot in this story, man, it sounds like a sitcom. Like My dad, the cult leader? Yeah, or my dad, the CIA agent. Like, hey, don't worry, my dad, he's cool. He's cool. He's just hes just going to be here a couple weeks. And next thing you know, he's like hooking people up to lie detector machines and <laughs> running torture experiments. Like, dad, come on. Okay. But the thing is, is that, you know, real talk, I think I'd put money on it. Anybody would want to get close to a CIA operative and listen to what they have to say. And oh, it would sure. be at their own hazard, but it would be hard for me to resist that as well. Here's my question, Adam. The action of moving him into the apartment, is this something he, what's the grooming there with his own daughter? Like what, what's the plan do you think there? I cannot get a feel for whether the daughter, she's definitely part victim for sure. Yeah. If you, if you look into their story before this, there's this whole thing where he accused his ex-wife of abusing their children. And Talia, yeah. who is the daughter who ends up moving him in, is the daughter who basically went along with it. The other one was like, no, mom doesn't hit me dead. Like one of one of the girls literally laughed when she was yeah. asked about child abuse and she laughed and said, no, that's what dad tells me to say. But Talia believed it. And it seems like he because that like it was a there was a whole investigation. There was a whole trial and it was determined that the accusations were unfounded. But Talia has always maintained that 
the abuse happened. So it's very complicated because on the one hand, you don't, if someone says they've been abused, you want to take their, you know, you want to believe people in situations like that. But then there's a whole other side of that story. Another sister who's like, no, dad's just a con man. Yeah, and I think he in the fullness of time, we could probably safely rest our assumptions you know that he he had manipulated the situation um but i guess my question though is even so yeah i mean it's a lifetime of grooming so there's just that right he he recruited her what's weird about it to me is at one point when everyone has moved in and he's there he starts telling them that they came together in part because they all share an obsession with ending their own lives and it's like where did that information come from because Talia, his daughter, is the one who assembles this household, basically. She goes to Sarah Lawrence College as a freshman. And for one, they describe her as old for a freshman. So just the fat, like, where was she? It's full on strangers with candy. Like. Yeah. And she establishes herself as like the leader of this friendship group to the point that she organizes their housing for the upcoming sophomore year. And once she has all that locked in, that's when she's like, oh, yeah, also my dad that I will not stop talking about is going to come move in. But by that point, she'd been talking him up so much as this, like she would call him a truth teller. She said he went to prison for the heroic things he did to protect her from being abused as a child. She blames him going to jail on high-level government corruption. And what's crazy is that all sounds like the ravings of a lunatic, but then you look into his backstory and he's got very high-level government connections. And some of those are with people who hate him, like Bernard Carrick, who eventually became NYPD chief of police after 9-11. I think he went on stressful. I think he went on to serve in George Bush's administration. Very stressed out. Also telling me stressful things. Um, it's very it's weird like it all everything they say sounds crazy and then you look into it and it's like shit yeah some of that's for real that's the problem right i mean that's the great mix of of any psychotic leader is some of it's just true you know you take a few elements of somebody's extraordinary life and you just continue to embellish them and if a few things check out you can make up things that are impossible to verify and here you are you got that's a cult leader stew right there step it up Nice and hot. Yeah. And so that's the short version. A girl moves her dad into her college apartment and her dad almost immediately turns her friendship group into a bunch of sex slaves. Very weird. I always come back to the Nigerian fishing scam emails, right? Yeah. Any smart person is going to be like, no, like we're good. But they don't want smart people. They're not looking to fool the smartest or the most secure. Or I mean, I, I don't know if these women are smart or not, but obviously something inside of them left the door open for this kind of behavior. He taught his daughter to recruit these people is my theory here, because that's what the CIA does in the field. So, yeah. so you know, it's, it's not that hard. We did a whole podcast series about Jonestown on the Conspiracy Podcast. And one of the really weird things about Jonestown is that aside from Jim Jones, the people who essentially founded and ran Jonestown were all one CIA-connected family, the Layton family. And when it all came crashing down, the first really high-level defectors were also those people. Like Deborah Layton if you look into her story, is one of the first people to come out of Jonestown and sell herself as a victim. But it's like, no, you were running Jonestown. Like, you weren't 
a victim. You did it. But because of the way it was sold to people, like no one was going to say that to her. Everyone was like, okay, well, you left before everyone died. So I guess you're fine. Nobody... Nobody wants to call Jim Jones a scapegoat. Right. No, no, nobody wants to call him that. He doesn't deserve the things that come along with that statement at all. He deserves no pity. I don't care about him as a person. No. <laughs> However, <laughs> you know. Yeah. What's important about it is knowing the whole story. Like, it's not a matter of... The- well, it wasn't all Jim Jones. Like, how did it come to pass that one entire family did it? The dad worked for the CIA. The mom worked for the CIA. That is all documented. And Jonestown, if you really look into it, feels like a medical field experiment. Like, 100%. Like MK Ultra is a thing we know happened. And it happened in hospitals and colleges all across the United States and Canada, where they were practicing these mind control techniques. Well, the next step is you have to try them on a large group of people all at once like that's that's the logical progression but 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 back to this though this is my thing is this is like the cia's worst nightmare though is a guy like this just going rogue and starting a sex cult if he's going yeah if he's going rogue right sure i mean that's the thing like yeah if he's going rogue so huge qualifier but it does it does feel like that this doesn't feel like a government no 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 this guy I mean, I... And the, the reason I brought up Jonestown is, yes, I, I think it does kind of feel like Talia was involved in some way yeah, beyond oh. just... Because, yeah, I get, like, she's a victim at first, but... That's why I don't like that Nexium documentary, because Sarah Bronfman... No, yeah, no, Sarah Bronfman is, is a problem. Is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah. Like, this is a person that... She's that, the Deborah Layton of Nexium. Yeah. So that whole series has such an ick factor to me because I don't feel sorry for any of the people in this documentary. Uh, I mean, I, I can't say any of them, but you know what I'm saying? You get it. The main cast, you right. know? Like, if there's cheers, everybody at the bar, yes. none of those people. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um. This is a situation where I would imagine he's almost like breaking trust with the training that he got. And, and I think that's why he got the book thrown at him because nobody came to protect this guy in the end. And that says a lot, right? Because they will, if they want to. Yeah. (laughs) Someone as connected as he is could have probably been rescued from this situation. Not not, not just probably. Absolutely. A hundred percent. The fact that this passed through the filter, he's being punished oh, yeah. for sure. And, uh, and yeah, I, yeah, like because of movies and TV shows, we always picture a rogue CIA guy as someone who's like jet setting across the globe selling Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, like selling weapons <laughs> to the Russians. And it's like, no, it's this. It's no, guys they, who got they... weird interrogation training and then they use it on the people around them to so they don't have to work. Like, yeah, there's the CEOs of sociopaths. Where do you think they? Yeah. It's like, like they've clearly tested so- CEOs. Most of them are sociopaths. So we'll link to the article that kind of told this entire story, the article that led to this guy getting arrested. We're not going to get into all the details because this podcast would be four hours long. And also they are horrific in some cases. Like the things he did to an- these kids is 
intense. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. I don't think you want to know, although somebody's going to make a series out of it. So oh, yeah, you'll it's know gonna eventually. Be, it'll be an HBO Max documentary. It'll be an Apple TV Plus series. And I hope those are the two that do it. I want HBO to make the documentary and I want Apple TV Plus to make the series. Always makes the best ones. Apple TV Plus rules. They are so good. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah I mean, and it's because they don't just buy everything that you can watch on the internet like Netflix does. <laughs> they actually curate a collection of good shows. Weird. Well, Weird how yeah. that works. Yeah. They're the Google of TV. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so let's kind of let's let's get dig to, in. Yeah, we're not going to cover the gory details because I my soul can't handle it. I I, I know yeah. enough to know I don't want to know anymore. So yeah, the specifics, especially with the girls in that. Well, no, everyone in the house. Like, there's a, a guy named Daniel in the house who arguably gets the worst of it. Daniel has bad. a rough time. But it all starts with Talia Ray, Larry Ray's daughter, 2010 is when this all starts. And during her first year at Sarah Lawrence College, which is a liberal arts college in Bronxville, New York, not the Bronx, uh, which is an affluent community about 15 miles from Manhattan. Yeah, it's so, a Nancy Myers movie. Yeah, it's a it's a nice school. It's a hard school mm -hmm. to get into. You have to have a 3.68 GPA to get in. I looked that mm -hmm. up. And yeah, she, like we said earlier, she establishes herself as the leader of this friendship group and eventually like assembles this group of friends and moves them all into this house. And the whole time she's talking up her dad, she calls him a truth teller. She said he'd been silenced by a group of powerful and vindictive men, claimed he'd been sent to prison for the things he did to protect her and her sister from their mother, and that his incarceration was the result of government corruption. And also he's moving in. There's that too. Eventually. FYI, <laughs> yeah. Daddy's moving in. And I think that I don't know what that speaks to in terms of these friends. Like one of the friends they interview, he's like, man, at one point we were talking about putting sand on the kitchen floor and making a beach. Like this isn't a typical living situation. So, yeah, it seems weird that her dad moved in. But at the same time, not really, because. Listen, daddy issues are powerful. OK, mm -hmm. that's all this is. Again, I want to come back to it and I'm going to keep coming back to it. You are not that complicated. You complicate yourself. Yes. <laughs> this guy and you let when you complicate yourself too much, you open the door for people like this to come in and tell you you're so unique and special and different. But you're an animal. And I'm, I'm not saying people don't have gifts to give. I'm not saying that. But manipulating people all you have to know is what a person wants that's it yeah and daddy issues would be a good thing to target if you were trying to set up a group like this and yeah, hell yeah every every pimp on the street knows that yeah like, it's like and it does seem like talia had some more of a role in that than the story lets on because i don't oh yeah i don't think she's ever really been charged with anything uh, if she has, I don't think she's been there is convicted. There's none of this without Talia. Right. Yeah. She's, none of it. And it, it feels like it had to be intentional. Like it can't just be, well, her, her dad, she, her, she was victimized by her dad and he made her do this. It's like, yeah, but she's getting to the age where mm, like, especially yeah, I think like this happened in 2010. So she's pushing 30 now she's probably in her 30s Old, and older she, than that because she was too old to be a freshman so. yeah and she is still on her dad's side in this 
like she hasn't wavered in that at all. And it's like eventually you have to take all these other <laughs> reports and stories about your dad into account. It's not just high level government corruption. But once you convince her of something like that, like that's QAnon shit. Like at that point, you can anything that passes her way, you can just be like, yep, that's the deep state for you. Telling lies about me. Look, there have been throughout the course of history wars waged to impress daddy. Yeah. Millions and millions of lives have been lost because one person is seeking the approval of their father. It's not that complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, you know, eight girls in a dorm room isn't, isn't really a really high body count compared to what this kind of, uh, validation seeking can create in the world, in my opinion, which is not to minimize what these people have been through, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They, like he told them, they were all brought together for a reason. And like, I feel like that's, that's a pretty important quote because it speaks to some sort of planning in this. And again, I don't that and it's, it's all anybody lacking something actually propping them up wants to hear. Yes. They want to be part of something special. And and yeah, it seems like that's what they did. They assembled a group of seven women and one dude who all had <laughs> intense daddy issues, and they moved a psychotic daddy into the house to fill that hole in their lives. And he, daddy issues will get you bad daddies. Oof, especially this one. Very bad daddy. Very there bad. There are rat, rad dads and bad dads. This is a bad dad. He is a bad dad. He moves himself in, and he establishes himself as the kind of the dad of the house right away, Yep. which makes sense because he's old as shit and he's living with a bunch of mm. college kids. Huh. He also starts talking about his time as a government agent and a CIA operative and his relationship with the military. And it seems, again, like a lot of that is true. They go into yeah. a lot of detail about all of that in this New York Magazine article. They actually interview him for this New York Magazine article. And it's fascinating. The things that sound like they would be the biggest lies are the things he has proof of. Like at one point, he tells these kids that someone, the government sent him to Kosovo to negotiate a peace agreement, even though he didn't know anything about that war. And it's like, what? What do you mean? Like, you're this weird dude living with a bunch of college kids, but also the government sent you to negotiate a peace deal in Kosovo. And then he whips out a letter from someone in the military thanking him for his time in yeah. Kosovo. And then New York Magazine contacts the guy. And the guy's like, uh, yeah, he was there. I sent him the letter. I don't remember exactly what he did, but he was, he was one of the people that was there when all that happened. And it's like, no wonder this guy was able to convince these kids that he was this powerful, connected person because he at least at one point was. When you externalize your worth as a human being, you are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> because... Anybody with a nice letter from the government is going to be able to shake that tree and you're just, you're screwed. Yeah. Almost as soon as he moves in, like he first, he starts like, you know, he'll cook for, for everyone. Another thing that I feel like speaks to him being like, he's obviously not a regular person. Like he's a sociopath. He's a sociopath. He's, he's, oh yeah. He's, he's a cult leader. He wanted a lot of sex and this is what he did to get it. <laughs> and not, he's, a, he's a criminal. Like he's a, yes. he's a criminal. They talk about how he made money and he just had like, there were a couple businesses he consulted for. He had like a domain name business. He just had all these weird streams of income and then would pay for shit with a big stack of cash that he carried around in a backpack. Nope. He always had a limo driver on call 
which is very weird. Like, But it's enough to make you go, oh, I guess he's someone. Well, especially yeah, if you're a struggling college student who yeah. has to live with eight other people just to make ends meet. And then this guy comes in and he starts lavishing you with money and father attention. Like, of course, it's going to work. So, yeah, once he gets in the house, he just starts sort of slowly asserting his dominance. Like at first they would just have, you know, house meetings every once in a while. And then those house meetings started seeming like they were mandatory. And then they would be every night. And then instead of just a house meeting, it would turn into an interrogation where if one person in the house had done any minor thing, like one of the examples they cite is someone scratched a pan. And he called a house meeting and everyone had to interrogate that person because any little issue like that, he convinced these kids was a manifestation of childhood trauma. You Well, you, so far, this sounds like every group college dorm situation I was a part of. I'll be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. It's always a nightmare when there's more than two people living in somewhere. It just it's. Ugh. Yeah, and then you have this guy who's like, oh, you forgot to use a coaster on the coffee table. What's that about? Let's cool. let's hear what kind of childhood trauma that's about. And it turns into like a war on terror thing where... Step two, you get people to dump out all of their secrets and their lives. And this is... So just... Yeah. In case you're living in step two. <laughs> yeah, and one of the kids they interview, that's what finally brought him around. He was like, I just one day went on the internet and looked up the definition of a cult. And he was like, oh, I'm in one. Okay, I get it now. That'll happen. That'll happen. So yeah, these meetings, you're right. What he's doing is basically getting everyone's dirty secrets out of them and yep. making it seem like, oh, we're all friends. We're all just talking. And then- we bonded. Yeah. And then he would use this information against them. Like he would threaten yeah. to tell their family. And that is- classic cult leadership that is yeah. textbook cult leadership i think i think that the saddest thing that you see in people that are drawn to to cult situations is they confuse exchange of information for intimacy yeah because what they want is intimacy they want a safe place where they are seen for who they are and not judged and loved and if you don't come from a place that established patterns that made sense in that in that arena the kind of self-taught version of that is the person that tells you everything must really love you right and this guy's perfectly set up to usher in that kind of behavior because he's like i'm not just some guy i'm telling you stuff the c i motherfucking a did i'm telling you my world so Tell me about those pictures that you're worried about floating around in high school. Like, that's that's how it happens. Yeah. And from there, once he turns that on you, and you yeah. already have it in your head that this is a guy who has powerful government connections, who is tied to the intelligence community. Once he turns that on you and is like, do you know what I can do with this information I have about you? You're going to believe it. Like, you're not going to do anything. I think that's probably how he ends up getting money out of the families, too. Like. He doesn't just get money from these kids. He, as this abuse goes on, he starts convincing these kids that they've been poisoning him and Talia and that they've been doing it intentionally to hurt him and that they need to give him money to make up for it. Or he would convince them that like they broke something in the house. And these kids would go to their parents and be like, you have to give me this money or this guy's going to send us all to prison. And I imagine some of the parents were like, OK, let me talk to this guy. And they just did not 
know yeah. what they were in for yeah. when this guy walks in the room. Yeah, this, and this he's isn't like, like, I will have a drone destroy your house if you don't give me $50,000. Yeah, this like, is not like Josh happen. who drives a Camaro. No, no, this is not a bill collector. This is no. this is something different. And yeah, this is he insider would, shit like these kids would call their parents and their parents would be like, well, let me talk to him. And he would talk to him and the parents would be like, here's fifty thousand dollars. Here's my checkbook, sir. Yeah. One group of parents gave him, I think they said two hundred thousand dollars over the course of like three years. That's nuts. If I made two hundred thousand dollars over the course of three years, it would change my life. Like just two hundred extra thousand dollars. Come on. I don't I can't even like fathom. That's nuts. And he's just. People are just handing it to him because he's telling lies about their kids. Like he would call so, the parents and be like, you in one of the cases, the girl he ends up breaking down the most is a girl named Claudia. It's so sad. Who ends up just being like she ends up selling her body like she gets oh. sex trafficked to pay this guy back. And one of the things I think it was Claudia, one of the things he did, her mother had a daughter before Claudia who died. And Claudia was born not long after that. And he convinced Claudia to go to her mom and be like, there's no way you actually love me because you would be too sad because the other daughter died. So logically, there's no way you could actually love me. Evil and man. The mom is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and this Claudia girl, I think, is still like not completely over this guy. It's no, nuts. Why, how could, no, you can't be. You, she's too, I mean, she, I mean, I, not, not sorry. I'm sure there is a, a way for her to heal. I'm not saying that, but once you're in that deep, like you're, you're gorked as my mother would put it. You're, yeah. you're in. Yeah. A lot of times the parents would give him money just because they were worried their kids would not be safe if they didn't. Because also we're calling them kids because they are, but they're also adults. Once you're 18, 19, you can go to the police all you want and be like, hey, my daughter's hanging out with this fucking sex creep yeah. from the CIA. And the police are going to be like, that is unfortunate. What would you like us to do about it? Your daughter is an adult. And that's yep. what these parents were running into. So they didn't have much choice. The whole thing is kind of like an inverted Britney Spears situation. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the yang to the yin of this whole scenario here. Yeah, he eventually just starts controlling everything everyone in the house does. When they eat, where they go, what they do, when they go to bed. It, he would wake everyone up each morning by playing the Who song, Baba O'Reilly, very loud. Which, again, that is some torture shit. But also, like, if you know that song, that's the Teenage Wasteland song. So it's like he's presenting himself as the guy who's going to guide them through the teenage wasteland that is life. It's nuts. He's, the details of this are so crazy. And we're He's uh, such a dork also. He is. Can I just say this? Like I it's like he's the guitar guy at a party. It's the worst. Yes, but he's not good at the guitar. They never are, Adam. No, no. And again, there's so much of this that if it weren't for all the pain and suffering, it almost sounds funny. Like there's a line in this New York Magazine article. This is a quote. On one occasion, Larry convinced Daniel that the reason he played the ukulele was because of trauma inflicted on him by his father. What? Like, <laughs> huh? Like that on its own sounds like it would be a bit from here's, the sitcom. Here's the other thing, though, that like I feel like we need to layer onto this. I meant to bring this up earlier, but 
Coastal elite families always have an analyst. It is a rich person thing. It's in every Woody Allen movie, which no, no coincidence there. The intellectual side of academia. I mean, like I always used to tell people who were really into TED Talks that I'm like, yeah, it's that's it's church. And everybody would say, no, it's not. I'm like, it absolutely, <laughs> it's a church service. I'm yeah. telling you right now, as somebody who did this my whole life, it's the same setup. Are you questioning these people? Are you Googling them to see if they're wrong? No, you just, you're basking in all of their knowledge and it's church. So my point is the reason why this flies under the radar for a little while, and you see this in the Nexium stuff too, because uh, India, her mother, I can't remember, uh, Catherine Oxenberg, she comes from a big political family. And you have all of these wealthy people that are used to doing these big spiritual retreats, especially after the kids leave for college. That's that is not uncommon at all. Like mom goes and does ayahuasca, you know, whatever. Yeah. So the reason why this flies under the radar for a little while in a place like Sarah Lawrence is because this is also part of like rich people culture. Yeah. This guru thing is like Tony Robbins is for poor people. <laughs> Right. <laughs> there are private ones that you can get that are way more expensive, you know, and that's part of what's happening here. And I, do, I, I wanted to bring that up because I think that's a really important, you, know, you listen to this and, and when you grow up in this like analyst culture, hearing the ukulele being, you know, attached to your father's <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That's normal. Yeah. It sounds stupid, but that's shit that, you know, I've heard before the, the, as a normal thing, it's just, it, it's so close to just normal, stupid instead of dangerous, stupid. <laughs> yeah. And it would, in, in this case, it would turn into like Guantanamo Bay shit where yeah. he would, let's say you, you broke a dish. He would call a meeting that night and you would have to tell him what happened in your childhood that made you do this. And it gets to the point where some of these kids just start making shit up. Like the, the ukulele kid. At one point says that he like crushed a baby bird to death with his bare hand as a child because this guy wanted to know what childhood trauma caused that thing that happened this morning. And the kid's like, nothing, nothing. I fucking broke a dish. What do you want? And what the guy wanted was for him to confess to something horrible. And once he did, it was over. The interrogation was over. And it's like, that's why torture doesn't work, because people just lie to you. To get you to stop to torturing stop. them. Like that's that's all the more indication that this guy is connected to the government in some way because this the American government loves torture. Like we know it doesn't work and I think we just like doing it. So Americans, Americans like torture. Yes. It, yes. It's why we watch the Kardashians. I know everybody. That's why we watch 24 too. A hundred percent. We like reality television because it's a culturally acceptable version of public humiliation. Yeah. Well, all we're doing is laughing at these people. The Kardashians are in the middle of that defamation lawsuit right now, and they are finally face to face with normal people. And they are getting feedback from jurors that is like gnarly. Yeah. They haven't been spoken to by normal people in 20 years. Yeah. They have no idea how people actually perceive them. And maybe they're getting a little bit of it now. I don't know that they ever will. But we don't watch the Kardashians because we want to be them. We watch them because they're losers. Yeah. <laughs> they're pathetic human beings. Like These are sad people dancing for the camera and giving their souls away for it. Yeah. And we enjoy it. We like it. And nobody 
wants to call it that. So I'm not surprised that, you know, that trickles into a much more concentrated version on, you know, in, in black spots on the planet run by us. It does not, that makes total sense. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I didn't want to get into all of the really gory details about what he did to these kids on an individual basis. Because again, I promise you're going to see it on a TV show very soon. You'll see it on, you'll hear it in excruciating detail in a documentary, probably like Uh, there is a keepers that it just, you got, we need a little bit and then that's it because the keepers, uh, uh, that was too much. Or there is a two part documentary about jimmy seville who is the oh i i, I had to stop it british Adam, I could, I... K- caitlin same thing i watched the first episode I... and i was i was like okay no. now i know how it happened good enough because I, I, I know can't... episode two is going to be all of the individual incidents and it's like can't do it like from episode one i understand how it happened and that's good enough like i get how this carried on as long as it did i get how he was able to get that access and that's that's enough. Like, that's the information I want. I don't want details. I mean, not that, like, obviously the stories need to be told and there are people that it will benefit uh, to hear. Oh, but... but they need to be told that way, to yeah. be honest with you. I, I, I don't I don't agree with that, because uh, if we're going to give a whole hour to that kind of abuse, you, y'all got to understand there are people at home going, ooh, yeah, yes. there are bad people that like listening to that stuff. And we're just feeding that. And it doesn't help you to know. No. Again, I would say that first episode's helpful. Like it it shows how someone like that can get to that position where he's allowed to sure. just operate yeah, unimpeded important. like that. That's that's the important part. And then yeah, I once it was time to watch episode two, I just could I could not pull the trigger no. on that. I was like, no. Nope. Well, and this and this feels me- the same. This feels the same because this isn't like even with Nexium, there are there are extra levels to this that weren't present with nexium like this is depraved shit that he ends up doing to these kids and i don't well two things there are lots about there's a lot about nexium that people don't know yeah and you know it's 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 on par in my opinion yeah also branding people is that's a thing that's 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 rough that's that's rough. rough um the other part of it, you know, with the Nexium stuff that everybody has left out is the ties to high-ranking members of the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah. So, whoops. Nobody nobody talks about like the Ayn Rand tie-ins as not, as much as they should. Nobody talks into it, it, there's there's a lot about that. This is just uh scary because he just it feels like un, unlike Keith Raniere. So Keith Raniere couldn't stop gathering women Okay, he could not stop himself. And that was his downfall. This guy cut his losses, said, okay, I have like six people that I'm just going to fully control. And where he went crazy is he just didn't stop drilling down into these human beings specifically. His energy was not dispersed at all. And that's its own kind of evil. Yeah. Is it crazy to say I would like to meet this guy? Not at all. I'm I completely agree. Because one of the things you hear, I know, like, everyone who reads this story is going to have the same question, which is, how did he talk all these people into this? And there is a quote from that trial where he tried to get his wife arrested for child abuse. And her lawyers attempted a psychological evaluation 
of this guy and came back with this. Literally impossible to evaluate. He is able to manipulate and control almost any situation in which he finds himself, including a psychological interview with a forensic examiner, no matter how experienced that examiner may be. Mr. Ray is very good at what he does. And then they also added this. He can be utterly charming and one can be disarmed by his childlike simplicity and smile. But Mr. Ray is no child. He is a calculated, manipulative, and hostile man. Yeesh. And like, I want to I, I have a conversation with this guy. Like, I, like, would I come away from it? Like, man, the government's fucking that guy. I can't believe it. Like, I don't know. Like, Well, I'll, I'll say long, long story short. I was talking to a guy who basically has devoted his life to fighting large-scale sex trafficking organizations. And he's interrogated a lot of the people that trap and kidnap these people, children. And he said the scariest thing is these are the most charming guys you'll ever meet. They, You just do not see them coming. They are not who you think. They defy all your instincts. It's just not what you think is going to happen. And he, the one thing this guy said to me that really stood out, he's like, some bad guys look like bad guys. But the really bad guys never look like bad guys. Yeah. And I just, well, I, I, I wrote that down because I was like, noted. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is like the CIA doesn't want to hire somebody who seems like they're in the CIA. No. And if they do, that person's going to be working in an office. Like, I yeah. feel like all the pretty CIA agents work in desk jobs. Well, oh, yeah. No, no. Because it's not like the CIA's above like using sex to get stuff. So I'm sure there's, I'm sure there are attractive field agents out there. Oh yeah. Listen, sure. if you're an attractive field, we're not trying to say you're no go. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there's a couple nines, a few tens out there, just like yeah. any company. Yeah. There's some CIA agent listening to this right now. Like I'll show you. Seduce us. Like, what are you I'm doing? Gonna bug your house in a speedo. Yeah. Um, Sir, will you no, stop? I, I'm just trying to enjoy my Outback Steakhouse dinner. <laughs> they only eat at chain restaurants. Uh, <laughs> just one of the American people. <laughs> so what I was going to say, though, is I think that this individual is interesting. It's interesting that, that um, Nexium keeps coming up in this conversation because it's it well, it's the most current, comp, you know, same comparison. area too, same general area, both New York. Telling State. you, yeah. He's, these weird elite people that feel they need an analyst guru leaving that door wide open. But what I find interesting about this guy in comparison to Keith Ranieri, you know, Keith had an obsession with recording himself, which is why like he just got totally railroaded because there was just so much discoverable evidence and just so much, but he wasn't ex CIA. He was the opposite. He he was just some schmuck. I find it interesting. I don't know how much evidence was discoverable in this. I don't, I don't think this guy ever allowed himself to be recorded. So a lot of this evidence might be chalked up to being circumstantial, which is why I think the CIA was like, no, you're going to jail now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's so hard to convict someone of some a lot of what he ended up getting charged with, which is what we're about to go over. You know, money laundering, racketeering. Hate to say this, but it really is only a matter of perspective in some cases. Like you just decide to call it racketeering. And it is. So, you know. Who did he make mad is what I I guess is my bigger question. I think it's the thing people in really high positions of power don't take into account in situations like this is if you're being shielded from 
prosecution or from facing consequences for a bad thing you're doing, say Harvey Weinstein, for mm-hmm. years and years and years was allowed to operate the way he did. And people knew. Oh, yeah. But he was just so powerful that in his mind, no one could do anything about it. But people knew. And then it only takes one thing. You have to piss off the wrong person one time. And they're going to be like, oh, you know, that thing you've been doing for years and years and years, it's about to come back on you. Personally, I think for Harvey Weinstein, it was making the Waco series, the first show on Paramount Plus. I think the government was like, "Okay, okay, we have a story coming out about you, sir. You're in trouble. Uh, I think for Keith Raniere, it was India Oxenberg. Yeah, I think that was the one girl that he should never have gone after because once Catherine Oxenberg couldn't get her kid back, she's like, Oh, Oh, I'm a Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you, do you know that? Like, I I think you forgot. Like, I know you think you're friends with the Dalai Lama. He's a sideshow act. Nobody gives a fuck about the Dalai Lama. (laughs) I I will, I will chapaquitic you. Um, (laughs) Seriously. I mean, Kennedy had a dog named splash. What? Yeah. He wrote a kid's book about it. Look it up. Had a dog named Splash. Weird name for a dog if you're owned by Ken- Ted Kennedy. It's fine. A dog named Splash. You know, like oh, the woman who drowned. I'm so tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, Kennedy. exhausting. <laughs> Let's get into the charges here because, yeah, he's- well, first of all, what do you think it was? Because I can't, the charges, the story feels really murky to me. So what, what do you think it was, Adam? Like, what was it that was just like, okay, you're in trouble now? What do you think it was that tipped the scales for this guy? I think... In this case, it might have just been getting caught because the more questions you ask about this guy, like getting caught with what? See, this this sounds really terrible because we know all the things that he was doing. But all of that is a matter of opinion. I hate I mean, just yeah, sadly, yeah. like, you know, I, I but it comes back to your CIA thing because it's like, what was it? I think maybe just the negative attention from this, like yeah. the story coming out and him being so vocal about, oh, I was in the CIA. I'm connected to the government. And like once you put two and two together and think about what the CIA has been focused on post World War Two, which is basically <laughs> mind control, mind control, like eventually you're going to be like, wait, you're connected to the CIA. You did all this mind control shit on these kids. Where'd you learn that? Like where, how did, well, that's what I'm saying is I think he, he, that, yeah. So, okay. So we're on the same page. It's just like, I think they were just like, dude, why did you say CIA? Why? 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 Yeah. I could see the people above him just being like, dude, you fucked up so bad that we (laughs) cannot do anything to help you. Cause this, this feels like a thing he did mostly in secret. Like, I I don't think that's what I'm saying is how did he get caught? Because these people that he abused were not normal at the end of this experience. Yeah. I, I mean, someone just told eventually like one of the just, kids. Uh, like, maybe I'm just so like beaten down, but it's like, even if they told, how do you prove any of this? Yeah, that's true. How do you prove that this, I mean, and that's the problem with, that's why you have to get them with money always with cult stuff. You can't get them with any of the, it's, it's incredible to me that Keith Raniere got charged with what he got charged with, but there was text messages and Venmo. I mean, he was so stupid. He, he, there's so much financial stuff there. I mean, obviously this guy eventually 
got charged with racketeering, but he's just some schmo. So somebody really wanted this guy in jail is my point. Like, yeah. I, that's a lot of money to prove. <laughs> One interesting thing I found in researching this, the way news works in this country is if there's uh, something that the media wants to report, they'll report it on a mainstream respected outlet. But then sometimes stories will get kicked down to a place like the New York Post, where yep. sometimes they tell the truth and sometimes 100%. it seems like it might be a little fabrication. In this case, the only place I saw a story about the client list of the girl he sex trafficked mm. was on the New York Post. There we go. And according to the New York Post, they're like, there are military people there yeah. are ceos there are tech there, people and like there we go i feel like that might have had something because that part hasn't come out like that hasn't been oh. made into really public news about this they don't mention it in any of the new york magazine articles so is that part true well or is the new york post lying we'll never know but there are definitely details of this case that someone doesn't want yes to be made but a that, big deal of I think one thing to put into perspective. So let's read all the charges. Okay. Because buckle yeah, up, read everybody. Yeah. Uh, these are the crimes and the potential sentences he's facing. Facing. He was just convicted uh, like last week. That's why the story is back in the news. Racketeering conspiracy, which carries a maximum of life in prison. Conspiracy to commit extortion, which carries a maximum sentence of twenty years in prison. Extortion, also a maximum twenty years in prison. Sex trafficking, maximum sentence of life in prison, mandatory minimum sentence of 15 years in prison, obtaining forced labor, which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison, forced labor trafficking, which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison, conspiracy to obtain forced labor, 20 years in prison, violating the Travel Act, maximum sentence of five years in prison, four counts of tax evasion, each of which carries a maximum of five years in prison, and money laundering, which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Mm. So he is facing some time, and I feel like he's going to get a lot of those years. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say, and I may be beating a dead horse here, but the amount of billable hours it takes to prove extortion alone. Yeah. The other one I find really interesting, obtaining forced labor. Proving that takes a lot. And this guy doesn't seem stupid. Now, tax evasion, fine. Tax evasion, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's okay. You know, we know how to do that. We just don't pay taxes if, if we're going to evade the tax. Anybody can figure that one out. But yeah. the one that is interesting to me. Also, violating the Travel Act is weird. Oh, yeah. That was probably. That's a technicality. Yeah. But the thing that's weird to me, and this is something you saw with Jonestown, too, is he's charged with conspiracy. Who's his co-conspirator? Who else is being charged? Like, how do you charge someone with conspiracy, but you don't charge anyone else? That happened in Jonestown, too, where one guy, Larry Layton, went to prison for shooting two of the people who tried to flee Jonestown. He's the only person who was ever charged with a crime at Jonestown, and one of his crimes was conspiracy. And it's like, who did he conspire with? Like, not I'm not saying he didn't conspire, but it's like, charge those people, too. Like, this feels like a show trial a little bit. And in this case, like if he conspired, he's definitely being made. He's not he's not being made an example. He's going to go away for a long time and that will be the end of it. So it'll be interesting to see if he does an interview with someone. Yeah, because I think this guy's got a major ego and I think he would do it. I think he would give an interview. Yeah, I would like to see it 
a TV interview with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. do it. I want to interview this guy. Do it. Unfortunately, it's really hard to obtain FOIA records from the state of New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's, it's, it's really hard. <laughs> it's, it's not supposed to be hard, but it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how much more information we're going to get about this. It seems like one of those things that a lot of people just probably want to go away. And well, if he's got a high, if he's got a high dollar client list, that's, I guess that's where he fucked up because if he had just kept abusing the people himself, then I guess that would have been what stayed under the radar. But the fact that he literally sold people is probably where he got too sloppy. Yeah. And keeping records <laughs> the people like what's wrong with these people I, that can only be a blackmail thing like there's no other reason for you to keep detailed records of who the person oh, it's a black well and sex so there it is you know if they found out that he was keeping these records then that's 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 it yeah yeah cool. yeah and that could have been like it definitely didn't get jeffrey epstein murdered that's for sure. He killed well, himself in his jail cell. That's what I feel like. I Again, I feel terrible looking at it from this perspective, but there are people in every major city in America doing exactly what this guy is doing to women right now. Yeah. This is not inconceivable. This is not hard. It's just, it's happening with lower dollar amounts. And these women are technically probably part of populations most people don't care about. So why, why go so hard with this guy? It's just interesting to me. It sounds to, I don't, I'm sorry if I sound shitty, but maybe it's just because it happened on a college campus. But I also would say that this happens on college campuses all the time. Not necessarily a dad moving in, but fraternities and sororities. I mean, that stuff gets covered up all the time. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. This is, it's a yeah. fascinating story. And yeah. I do like, I can say, I hope we find out like more details about this guy's background, but we won't. I think you're right. This guy is just going to. Oh, he's going to go thing. away. He's going to die in prison and probably <laughs> soon because he's already had to have his trial delayed for health issues. And like even stuff like that, don't put it past the American government. Like look into the Iran Contra scandal. There was a guy who was supposed to testify in that and he was rendered unable to speak immediately prior to when he was supposed to testify. And I don't think ever regained the ability to speak. That is such a coincidence. Like that is mm. how, like, how does that happen? Like this guy's going to die. He's going to get killed well in jail. For sure. So I, but that's what I'm saying is like, it'll be interesting to, I, I, so if there is a documentary, it'll be interesting to, to see, because I, I would bet my life that this guy would be willing to give an interview. Oh yeah. Yeah. At this point, he's nothing to lose, you know, but and I'm what, sure he wants to blame people for his actions because this is not a person that would ever take responsibility for what they've done. But does the government have to let him do interviews? Because there are people in prison right now who consider themselves political prisoners. And one of the reasons they consider themselves political prisoners is the government won't let them talk to the media. And this guy is facing a ton of federal charges. I could see the government being That's like, possible, no, but you can't talk could, to him, sorry. He, I, there's other ways. Instead of him giving an interview, there are ways for him to release information. There's, there's, yeah. There are ways. There's, there's ways to do this. But um, if he's in New York, there are just some states that if somebody's in prison, you're just you're not going to hear from them. It's, Maybe his daughter can set him up a TikTok or something. That's the interview. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really that's the interview is her. Yeah, an interview with the daughter would be fascinating because I want to see what she looks like. Oh, yeah, I look she's very pretty. Oh, there you go. Um, I didn't look her up because I just got too sad. I didn't want Yeah, she's like <laughs> she's still got a Twitter. Sometimes account. I just try to save myself <laughs> in some ways. Yeah, her tw- what is her Twitter bio? It's something about her sister. Oh wait. Oh god. Why did I just type? I can't find it, but it's something like my dear sister, I will always love you or something like that. Like her and her sister cool. still don't speak. And as of March 24th, 2022, it looks like she is now named a co-conspirator in the sex trafficking there case. It is. There it is. So okay. that's good. Like so I, she's not going to be giving interviews. No, probably not. She, like <laughs> if her lawyer knows what's good for her. So yeah, she's at least been charged. It seems like she hasn't been convicted yet, but we'll see how that goes. So I think that's our episode, right? Yeah, Do we're we, done. I don't want to talk about this. Do anymore. we have any final thoughts on this guy? Like you can, we'll link to all the articles about it. If you want to read all of the really harrowing details of what he did to these kids. It's bad times. Or again, just wait for the HBO Max documentary. You don't need, need it in your mind, though. Yeah. You don't, you know, it's not stuff you're going to want to picture. Adam and I are both people that have to read stuff all the time. If if I didn't do this for a living, I, I just wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> it's just, you don't want it in there. It doesn't, it sneaks up on you. Don't do it. Yeah. You don't need it. Um, okay. We're going to, we got a bonus episode coming up, Caitlin and I, oh, God. where, uh, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I just remembered and now I'm angry again. We're covering an episode of Ghost Adventures called The Pasadena Ritual House, season 22, episode four, if you want to watch it ahead of time. Let me tell you. Oh my God. Haunted Freddie Mercury. I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what he is. I can't stomach that guy. He lives so close to us. Let's go find him and talk to him. I want to interview him. I want to give him a wedgie. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to give him a little noogie. Put, put him in a maybe? headlock. Some, give him mess some, up his hair. Some knuckles. Mess up his hair. Cute. Mess up his mustache. No, I want to get him a tap out shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just bro him out. Just force him. (laughs) (laughs) He's a fucking character. So watch that episode and you will understand what we mean. And then come back and listen to me and Caitlin talk about it on on some bone con. Until then, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Just don't get sucked into a cult. Yeah, don't do it. Don't tell strangers your most intimate secrets just because they seem cool. That's going to. That's going to come back to bite you. At some it's such point. a red flag. It sure is. Sure. Here's the thing. No one gives a fuck about you. Not really. Carry that with you most of your life and you'll be fine. No one really cares about your childhood. So don't tell them. Don't mm-hmm. tell them unless you are paying them money to listen. Correct. Other than Impartial. that. Other than that, don't do it. Nope. Guy, guy shows up at the bar asking you questions. Feels like you're connecting. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yep. Uh, so that's I think that's all we got to plug. Just, great episode. Great yeah. piece of advice. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. We love you. But not in like a sex cult way. No, Don't not worry. in a sex cult way.